Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 4. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. I'm Don. And I'm Jay. We've got a full house this week, which is great. Four of us on, which is always good. The more voices, the better. Jay's just ran off as well, which is brilliant. Something good must have happened um, this week. Um, <laughs> so we've got, we've got plenty of games to talk about this week. ASD and I did the pod last week and we were saying what a big week it was and that if we could win two of the games it would be fantastic but to have won all three is obviously sensational. So let's go back to the Chelsea game which was the first game of the week. Um, What did we make that? This has been going 10 years, right? Don's been there for pretty much all of it. We've been through Harry, we've been through Sherwood, we've been through AVB, we've been through Pochettino. This is the podcast I'm most excited to talk about. Like, I'm most excited for, right? Like, I, it's never been a better week for so many reasons, and let's talk about it. But I, this has been the best week to be a Spurs fan in a long time. Can I just ask one question? No. So you thought it'd be great to win two games. Which two games did you want to win? I said not the Carabao Cup. Let's get out of it. Okay. I, I said the Carabao. I said the cups were the most important. Yes, we're not Man United. But we've got more. We've won all of them, so it's fine. Let's let's talk about that Chelsea game. So, what what did you guys make of the game? So, did you see it first of all? I did. I watched the game. What did you think of the game? I thought the first half was atrocious. To be honest with you, I, I didn't really know what we were doing. I felt that we were reverting back to um, first half of the Southampton game. Just didn't feel like it was clicking, but again, I'm, I'm. I think we've seen enough to know that we can, we can change. And Jose sets up the team to almost analyse our opponents before we strike. That's how it seemed anyway for the, the first few games of the season, league games. So I wasn't too worried. Um, going in at half time, I thought, well, you know, it, they haven't really done that much to us, although Werner scored. Um, yeah, it was it was a good performance. Lamella obviously was for me the shining star, just running running ragged, and Aurier played as well, which I think actually sealed sealed their position for the Man United game, which we'll go on to. But I think that those are the two highlights for me from the Chelsea game was the performance from Lamella. What is I thought he was tremendous, um, and. And definitely Aurier. Tangy was good as well, wasn't it? The bit I was a bit worried about was when the teams came out, because we had three at the back, because we had Dyer, Tanganga and Toby, but then Aurier and Regulion as well, I was saying his name. Regulion? Regulion. Regulion. I'll call him Reggie. Reggie. But then we had... Fernandez, Sissoko and Dombele as well in front of them with just Lamella and Bergwijn up front. Like, what is that team? But he obviously saw what Chelsea were trying to do and we, we neutralised them perfectly. This is why I'm excited to talk about the three teams were perfectly rotated. And I know we'll talk about all of them. Yeah. Perfectly rotated and perfectly set up for each game. Like, we, we, it was, we kept Chelsea to one. Didn't have a great first half, and then we we stepped up in the second half. We didn't make changes until the 65th minute, and then yeah. when Hoiberg came on for Fernandez, and then 
Kane came on for Tanganga and Mora came on for Bergwijn and we forced it. Lamella was brilliant. Like, I think he's a proper Mourinho-type player. We'll see a lot more of him this season. and I, I, He seems like a renewed player. And Aurea, in the right game, seems to be performing really well. I, I was really proud of that Chelsea performance. And you could see how much it annoyed Chelsea as well. You know, and the penalty, all the penalties from both sides were fantastic. You've got a feel for Mason Mount, who's a fantastic player. And he's played more, what is it? He's played more minutes than any other player in the top five leagues in the last three years or something crazy like that. He played with what's Fat Frank at Derby as well. He loves him and he's knackered and he, I don't want him, obviously he hasn't lost his, his, uh, mojo. He, um, but he, I, it was what a result for us. What a result. Uh, totally unexpected, really. When you go, when you go goal down in those games, or you sort of, you just start to think, oh, here we go. Like, we're, we're not yeah. going to get ourselves out of this. And it, I think it took a lot of bottle and a lot of character to fight back, get level, and then to win on pens. Like, I still have this mindset of when it goes to penalties for Spurs, I just assume we've lost. Like, no matter who we're playing, I just think we're not going to do it. But I think what was interesting about the shootout is you look at who the takers were, and they might not necessarily have all been the most technically gifted players, but actually they've all sort of got that mindset. Like, you would never have Hoiberg and Dyer in your first five penalty takers. Like, you just wouldn't, like, from a technical point of view. But yet, they seem to be able to cope with the pressure. And I think the team seems to be able to cope with pressure a lot more now as well. And that's, that's the Jose effect. What did you think of Kane going fifth? Um, That makes sense to me, Kane going fifth. Like, logically, you would always have your best taker on the fifth penalty, because when it goes to five... Yeah, when it goes to five, it's something... It doesn't go to five. Ronaldo did that for Portugal once, and they didn't make it, because they got knocked out. I I get that logic. Like, I, I completely... You'd back that there's four other very competent penalty takers to go ahead of your best one to at least get it to that point. So that that makes sense. That makes sense to me. I had a similar right. conversation with my dad about it. Who was like, "Why is why is he not on the first one?" I was like, "But you'd, you'd still expect the other guys to score." To, to be honest, if he, if we were sudden death at four, he would have gone in at four. Yeah, he's got, he yeah. got in. At, he, he was the sudden death penalty taker. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But the, 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 the big difference in this game, Pochettino wouldn't have changed. Pochettino wouldn't have changed. The way we, we changed tactically, because we, we were not getting our feet on the ball at all. The minute we got possession in the, in the middle, they were overrunning us. They were, they were, they were outpressing us every time and winning back possession. And I think that, that, that was our biggest challenge. So the minute we started hitting them long and, and, and the, the problem, the problem with Bergwijn and, and, and Lamella, they just weren't holding it up. Even Lamella was not holding it up without being novel. So they were just coming straight back at us. And it didn't help, you know, Re- Regulon's mistake, you know, he's going to make a mistake like that. He hasn't made a mistake since in a couple of, in a couple of games, but, but that, that mistake was, was just telling. And I think it was just nerves. But in the second half, getting it long into space, all of a sudden, you know, Bergvin was just, was just all over Zuma. You know, that, yeah. that is not, that is not a size match that, that, that he's going to work on holding the ball up, but, but the minute you knock it over them, for Bergman to run into, and all of a sudden the game stretched, and and that was that was a change that was made a good twenty minutes before we brought any subs on. Um, yeah. So by the time the subs were made, they were rattled. I, I just think that as well that the the big thing that I've taken from the Jose era so far is that he always moans at the players about lack of intensity, and I think mm. what we've seen this week 
from the second half of the Chelsea game onwards is Spurs at full throttle intensity with and without the ball. And I think that I still think that he wants to play this sort of like devastating counter attack style of football, which I've got no issue with. But we tend to be really passive when we haven't got the ball. Like we'll just sort of sit off and even if you're defending your own half, it's like we just seem to be really passive and very easy to play against. And it's like when we actually press teams, be that from their goal kick or or we'll just drop off into our own half. When we press teams, we look really dangerous. It's yeah. just when we don't do that and we sit off, then all of a sudden I think we're really, really easy to play against. But this week, that intensity yeah. has just been fantastic and that, that front three or front four that we've had have just been eating defences alive like yeah. they, they might, we must have been horrible to play against this week and it's, it's brilliant to watch he seems to, to be getting a new level of, of, of confidence and, and quality out of players that you just didn't think were improvable Serge Aurier I think he's had the week of his life I'm, I'm not sure about that United were horrendous. We'll talk about horrendous. So it's one of those ones where it's a bit like Carl Walker. When he's not called on to defend, he looks good. But he wasn't tested, was he? Chelsea was. Hands but, up. But the, way, the, way to, the, the, the way for Serge Aurier to defend is not to defend on his own. You know, when it, when it, whenever the ball went out to that, that, that far left and Rashford was over there, um, he, 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 he had Sissoko and, and, and at times Sissoko and Lamella for company. Yeah. Yeah, he was never left on his own. He was never exposed. So I think that, um, just, just going back to the Chelsea game, ASD, you mentioned about, um, the worry of sort of playing three centre backs. Mm. After the game, post match, the post match interview with Jose, he mentioned that it's a system that we don't, he doesn't play. He doesn't play like that. Mm. But, he sort of pondered over the question that was posed to him and said, but it works. And one thing, you know, going back to what he's learned, what we've learned about Jose is that it isn't a dinosaur, that he is prepared to change things depending on, on the opponent. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, ba- I'm not baffled, but I'm, I'm surprised by that. Um, but happy at the same time, you know, I hate comparing him to Pochettino and keep going back about it, but Pochettino wouldn't have changed that. It's his way or it's no, it's no way. Whereas I think that he's, he's analysing his opponents and thinking, well, what, what, what can I get out of this? And, um, maybe it was probably Tanganga that's, that swayed, swayed, swayed him playing three at the back because he thought, I've got a bit defender. You know, who's got young legs and who can run about? Maybe I should try this. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I have to applaud him. It's fantastic, fantastic, uh, management. Yeah, it really, really, really is. And that, that's the thing that's, that's working for me is, is you can see that there's a plan, not just in every game, but overall, there's a short and long term plan for the season. And I think that's super, just exciting. Different systems for different games. And we've performed, and like you say, I, like Poch seemed to rely on motivation and emotion. Resistor seems to be far more clinical and lethal. Um, yeah. And he seems to be working 
players in a way that we've never seen before. Like, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it doesn't, it makes sense that Ali can't get in this side because we don't have to rely on some random bit of magic. We're just controlling games. Like, that's, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go on to Man United, but the, the annoying thing about United was the, the, the coverage. It was all pro, it was all about how bad Man United were. We, yeah, yeah. we strangled that game. They, yes. they, we were all over them, even ignoring the penalty. We just, they were dreadful. We made them look bad, and no one really talks about it. Match of the day did, to be fair. I've watched that twice. But yeah, Could, but yeah just, anyway. We go on to United. We should we should just talk about two more things as relates to the Chelsea game. Yeah, yeah. First of all, the, the, the mind games on the, on the touchline with, with Pat Frank. Yeah. I mean... So, so that 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 side of his that side of his managerial experience is equally clinical. Mm-hmm. The mind, games. you know, yeah. he, he knew exactly yeah. what he was doing. Putting Frank in his place, putting yeah. Frank in his place. He said, "You play, your players yeah. are hearing from you now. They didn't hear from you against West Brom. That that is genius. That is genius <laughs> to literally put him in his place. He didn't know what he didn't know how to react in the second half. And actually, Frank's post-match interview said as that." He said we couldn't cope. We couldn't cope with them hitting it long. It, it reminds me. It what? It must be what like when one of Gary Lineker's sons brings their girlfriend over, and they're like, he's like, "Daddy's here. You go and get the drinks. I'll speak to your missus." And then he steals them. That's exactly what Jose's like. The fat Frank. He's like, I'm your daddy. I'm stealing. <laughs> and then Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer going to the toilet. I think it was just extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> Can't not talk about that. I, just, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That man of the match post he put up with the uh, man of the match on top of the toilet seat was brilliant. It's just brilliant. What, 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 is, what is the game doing to a man when he needs to, he needs to go to the toilet? I mean, that's genuinely, you know, your, your body's literally at the limit, isn't it? He's yeah. got nothing left. Bloody he's hell. He's still on the pitch. We're playing, you know, play what? Play Sunday, Tuesday, and then Sunday again. So, um, you know... Yeah. And he's, he's another one. I, 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 I was worried about Dyer. I don't know why. Mm. After the first couple of games, I wasn't sure. Um, you know, we may still get another defender. Who knows? We've got a few hours as this podcast has been recorded. We have a few hours of the transfer window still available to us. But I was extremely worried. But it appears that, you know, there is some trust in Dyer. Um, and yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be the constant in defence this season I, I believe anyway yeah, yeah I think that he's not he's maybe not the best player in the world but he's got that attitude and that mindset that the team still at the moment lack a little bit I think that's one of the reasons that Hoybjerg's come in is because he's got that grit and that determination and that fire in his belly um, and you need a bit of that you know we need to be able to play in more than one way to win a game of football, especially under Jose. And it seems like we're starting to figure that out, that we can play beautiful football against teams like United. We can counter-attack, or, or if it's going to be a scrap like it was against Chelsea, we can stand up to that as well. Um, yeah. But I, I agree on your point there, Don, about Dyer's probably going to be the constant. I, could, I can see Sanchez and Toby probably being the two that rotate the most, and Dyer being there for, for most of the season as well. And Tank Anger, he'll be in there. Yeah, I still think we're a little bit like a centre half. I would, you know, yeah. it sounds like the the deal for the Inter Milan centre backs all fallen through, um, which is a bit of a shame. Not that I know too much about him, but I do think we're a little bit like there because you think obviously Toby is our best centre half, and you think if something happens to him, loss of form or suspension or a bad injury, you've got Dyer, Sanchez, and Tanganga 
for the whole season. It's not. It's, it's not. And Skrindar is the, was the best defender in Serie A last year. He's he's world class. He's 25. He's just getting into his prime. I he would be a magnificent addition. I think Toby levels of addition to mm-hmm. Toby in his prime. Um, and it sounds like the deal's not on now. It sounds like he wants to come. So I'm I'm incredibly excited to see if he will will come because why wouldn't why wouldn't you look at what we've done this week and go that's the team I want to be in. I, I, I yeah. if you're not getting in the team at Inter for whatever reason. Well, well look, JJ's added that as well. There's no doubt. Uh, we would, I don't think we would have got Bale or Regulion, uh, Reggie or Hoiberg or Doherty without Mourinho. I don't think Toby, Toby or Tanganga would have signed either. No, no. Don't you that there was contract issues with them looming, and then um, Joe has come in to sort with that, which is which is great as well. Let's talk a bit about the Europa League game, um, which was, I mean, a very very high scoring game. Did did you manage to stream it? Any of no. you to watch it? Yeah. No? Yeah. It was only, it was only it was only when Van mentioned it was on Twitch. Oh yeah, and which was the craziest place because it was it was it was the best quality stream. It was. It was, it was like Twitch was an official streaming partner, <laughs> like that. It was that. It was that crystal clear. Do you remember that one? I went on Twitch where a guy streamed UFC, a whole UFC, but what he did was he stick a video of himself with a controller, so it looked like to so anyone checking that he was he was playing a UFC game. He just streamed the whole of a UFC fight night. I love that. Um, I mean, anyway, I, 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 I thought I, literally I thought Twitch was for nerds until until lockdown, and all of a sudden I've just discovered all sorts of applications uh, <laughs> that shall that, that shall remain for, for after the pod. Um, but 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 it was it was it was ridiculous that Maccabi was so open. It was literally like a Sunday league game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think with with some of these teams, though, you do have to bear in mind like how bad they are. Like, yeah. and on the pod that um, ASD and I did last week, I, I did say that the fact that we were playing them at home on our pitch and we didn't have to worry about it, literally the, the game being played on concrete. Like, I was so calm and confident going into that game. Some of these sides are absolutely shocking. Like when you think about it, there, you know, we could get a team together and we'd probably have a better <laughs> of getting a result against them than they would against Spurs. Like that's how that's how vast the, the difference is. But you still got to get the job done. Like you know, it's easy to say they're a shocking side. You still got to beat them. And I think that we started the game so well, didn't we? Aggressive on the front foot, yeah. got in front early. They then had a little spell though, to be fair, where they looked quite dangerous. Um, but we just we, we were relentless, and I thought that was really really good. And after an hour, the game was done. We were able to make some subs. Obviously, brilliant that Kane is just banging goals in every single match at the moment, which is fantastic. But again, it was a chance for the team to be rotated, and after an hour, the key players to be taken off and not be run into the ground. Um, so very very good. And I, I also been interested that Joe Hart's been playing. Because when he when he was brought in, I had sort of assumed he'd be his number three, but he seems to be well ahead of Gazaniga, and there's a lot of transfer rumours about Gazaniga potentially leaving. Yeah. Um, I've been quite impressed with Hart, though, to be fair. Again, he seems like another one that he's he's got the mindset, he's got the attitude, like he's a winner. He might not, he might be past his best, but I think he again, I think he's been quite a clever addition to the side. But going back to the game, brilliant, devastating going forward. Lacelso was. Fantastic, and he got a couple of goals as well, just to just to top it off. But it was um it was a very professional and ruthless performance. So really, really happy with that. They they they're the Israeli champions, right? They've been in in different 
levels of Europe. I mean, mostly qualifying. They got to the group stage in 2014. Like they're they're not brilliant, but they're they're not a bad team. Um, Joe Hart pulled off some uh, fantastic saves. Like kept us in the game at some points because it reminded me of that Ericsson goal we got against Chelsea when we beat them two one. You know the the one where Delhi scored that over the shoulder goal where Ericsson lined up the exact same shot five minutes before yeah. against Caballero. The the striker, what's his face? Who was did he used to play for QPR? Is that it? Um Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, Cherry. Cherry, that's right, yeah. yeah um, he did QPR. exactly the same thing, didn't he? And Joe Hart pulled off a wonder save. Um but we it was a proper like we always come on here after every Europa League game and go, we wish we just turned up and showed them who's boss. Just just kick him with the nuts and kick him while they're down and keep on kicking him. And we did it. Like they, they, they had a world-class goal. They had a penalty, which shouldn't have been a penalty, as did we. But otherwise, we, we battered them. And the team that was out should have. You know, Hart, Doherty, Sanchez, Old yeah. Herald, Davis, yeah. Hoiberg, Winks, more or less also, Bergwijn, Kane. That's a brilliant team. Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's um that cherry goal was outstanding. Lovely, wasn't it? That yeah, was one of the goals where you're just like, Whoa, like where's where's that come from? Because <laughs> at no point at no point up to that goal had he shown that he was even able to control the ball, let alone <laughs> twenty five yards. It was just ridiculous. Ridiculous yeah. goal. You must have been Joe Hart must have been furious though because he, he pulled off some great saves, he didn't have a lot to do, and he conceded a worldie in a penalty. It's like he yeah. must have been. He must have been annoyed after that. Well, I think we're yeah. we're gonna gonna concede a lot of worldies because we're not gonna concede a lot of error made goals. You know, we're gonna see a lot of goals from outside the box because I think we're gonna be very controlled and that's where players are gonna have to shoot from. I think the Everton result is looking like a bit of a freak result, to be honest. And that's the only open goal, open play goal we've conceded in the Premier League so far. And I think there's a very telling reason why. Um, at part of that is Hoiberg who. What a player he is. We, I don't know why people haven't been... Every team hasn't been in for him. He has been absolutely outstanding. Every I think, game. I think with those players, it's like they're not sexy players, are they? So it's like, it, it's, not a, it's not a desirable signing. Do you know what I mean? Everyone wants to be signing number 10s and wingers and yeah. strikers. That's the signings that everyone gets excited about. But sometimes you just need a guy that can come in. He knows what his job is. He knows what he's good at. He's going to play really, really simplified football. And his tactics are basically win the ball back and give it to the players and team that are better than you. Like that, that's basically what he's told. Yeah, you, and know, it's like, you know, you get like yeah. you get like because of the midfielders that we've had over the last ten years. I don't know why, but when we signed him, I just was thinking, what have we signed? Yeah. Only in the last like three games have I really analysed what he does, and you know. He's getting better and better and better. And like you, like Jack just said, it's it's the, the the things of just winning the ball and giving it back. He, he's yeah. so good at doing that. Um, but, but you know, that Dembele wasn't really that kind of guy. He was yeah. like, give it to him, and he's going to kind of keep the ball and give it to you. He's not, you know, he'll he'll move it forward. He'll keep it going. Um, Hoybier is so much more than just what Dembélé was. He's not attractive to watch. You know, if there was a player cam, do you remember back in the day, you pressed the red button and you could just... Dembélé's that, that, he's that guy that you would go, I'm going to watch him for the next 10 minutes because when he gets the ball, you know, he's just going to glide past, take two, 
two players. They're going to try and rough him up and he's just going to ride tackles. That is not Hoybier. That's not him. He is just hunting balls down. Um, and, and, and really you can see the other midfielders will jockey into a different position knowing what he's going to do next. He already knows what he's going to do before. So the other, the other midfielder knows exactly where to be. It's, um, it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I've got to say, I hadn't bought into it yet. And it's only these last three games where I thought, right, I get it now. I, I understand. I truly understand what he does for the team. Well, you have to look at his stats from yesterday. He had the most passes in the opponent's half, the most win backs of the ball, the most complete, the most completed passes. What a player he is. I, 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 I love him. You know, I love a defensive midfielder. I love him. Doherty's been brilliant, although he has given away two penalties. Um, but I think the signing for any club this window is, is Reg. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I, I know he made the mistake in the Chelsea game, but after that, he sprinted 50 metres quicker than I've ever seen any player back to Rob, whoever it was, Jorginho. And he's so quick and aggressive and he loves the team. Oh, that's what I was going to say with Hoiberg. When he, um, the penalty against Chelsea, after he scored, he then went to Hart to give him a little motivation. You can see he's proper captain material. And the Southampton fans were saying that, but you really see it. Like he's, he's all about the club and all about pushing forward. And that's the attitude that we want to see. And frankly, Man United are completely missing. Like he's a, a winner, and I, I love him. I love him. That's the argument, yeah. the argument is, is that for the last four or five years, the, the group of players that we've got is good enough to get you almost over the line, and it's mm. just lacking that little bit of grit and leadership and determination. Yeah. And if you look at the players that he's brought in, sort of with Bale as the exception, that's there. That's what he's bringing in. Like, Hoiberg, yeah. from a quality point of view, doesn't really improve us. But in those kind of moments, he's bringing something we haven't got. Um, I agree with you, ASD, on the signing of um, Reggie. He looks he looks so exciting. Like, he looks yeah. like what Danny Rose was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, get the ball on the edge of his, on our, our box, and all of a sudden, within 10 seconds, we're on the edge of the opponent's box. Like, mm. he drives with the ball absolutely brilliantly. Yeah. Um, He's got that level of aggression as well, wasn't he? Like you see him squaring up to players twice his size. Like he's not going to get intimidated. Like I, I think that he is going to be the signing that, that really adds something because you look at our options at left back. It's him or Ben Davis. That's two really completely opposite players. But, but that's such a good yeah. thing. But in those well, games we want the overloads. You can have Reggie in the games where you want to be a bit more tighter and keep the ball, you can have Davis. It's like it's great to have those options. We finished the game with both of them on the pitch yesterday, with Davis as left back and Reggie as, as a left winger. And that, yeah. that's really exciting. Um what Hoyberg does, my final point on Hoyberg, so I'm I'm gonna love him this season, is he allows other players just to do their job. Whereas we expected so much from Sissoko in the past and that's where he got exposed like Sissoko is not your ball winner he, he's great at just driving forward and running like having loads of energy and kicking people now that he just has to do that and you saw him do that yesterday brilliantly because he didn't have to do the job of three people and it means the Celso can go and do his job or Winks or whoever's partnering with him and I yeah. think his effect on other people is as good as the effect that he does on the pitch I, I think he is it's a, a world class on him I reckon it's fair to say that you know he's a big impact on why all of a sudden Ndombele seems to be firing. You know, oh, like, first you know, choice now. Ndombele, yeah. you know, Ndombele for me, there's never been a question of ability. 
That, that, no. That's because we've all seen it. you. You can tell when you watch enough football. When you watch as much football, sorry, as what we do, you can tell when there's a player. Like you straight away, just by the way he controls the ball and moves forward with it, you can tell when someone's good. And it's never that's never been an issue with Dembele. But mm. the issue for him really is when he's lose when he's lost the ball, he's running back. Like because he, he he doesn't particularly want to do that, and the fitness has mm. been a question mark. But now he's got Hoiberg in there that wants to do that. You know, all of a sudden we're seeing the Indumbele that we all yeah. knew, that, that we signed, you know. That's that's what I feel like we've seen this week, the guy that we actually bought last summer. So I'm excited to see him continue. I think that Jose deserves some credit on how he's handling that situation because he was yeah. getting absolutely slaughtered, wasn't he, when we come back, when when Project Restart happened and Indumbele didn't get a single minute, did it, in the last season. Jose was getting slaughtered for that, but all of a sudden, it seems to be working. So long may it continue. But it's and and Dombele isn't isn't the finished article by any stretch of the imagination. Hoybier has oh, had three three or four seasons of, of Premier League experience. He 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 gets the the pace, the aggression, the fact you've got no time on the ball, the fact when you commit you've got to commit. You know, and and he gets that. Hoybier gets that. But Ndombele, you know, he's going to still take another season. To, to hit his stride, and he's still young. He can still do that. He's two, twenty-three two years old. He was very nervous against Everton, and I think he's, the space Everton were getting in the middle, they wouldn't get again now, because because Hoybier's been been coached. He's been coached to get a lot tighter, to spot the positions of the midfield, and get 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 up close to them. And and, and he's now doing that. The second is his tattoos are disgusting. <laughs> He's got the most disgusting tattoos of anyone in the Premier League. And I quite like that. Our mate, um, the City goalkeeper, what's his face? Mistakes. With the yellow, with this smiley face behind his ear. Oh, That's a shocker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate, Ballet, he's 23 years old. It's not that long since he was playing in the French second division. Like, if, if imagine, go, go back to when you were 23, if you can remember it, Jay, and like. The, <laughs> <laughs> Going to a whole new like country, pl- yeah, doing yeah. the same job you've been doing all your life, but at a completely different pace and aggression, and having all this expectation on you, I, it is hard. We saw that meeting in the documentary, didn't we, where he was with the the player, whatever whatever his job is, like the the, the yeah. player that helps him settle. And he said that it takes a year for a player to settle, and maybe we're just seeing him understand life a bit more because he's he's twenty three. He doesn't know anything about life. I don't know anything about life. I'm thirty three. Right. He 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 has, and you can you can see him on social media as well. He's very he was very he, he sort of receded back from social media last year. I mean, I follow them all on Instagram and Twitter, and he's and he's discovered he's he's all of a sudden sharing French hip hop that he's that he's just mm. discovered, and he's he's developed a little bit of a sort of tone of voice of his own. He feels like he's part of something, you know. He's got his two big brothers in Serge and uh, and Musa. Looking after him, there's a lot of banter between the three of them. Um, he, he, he's looking like he is more at home, and I think I, th- I, I don't actually think we'll see the best of him until next season. I still mm. don't. I'm yeah. super excited. I agree with that. That he's he's going to go on uh, from the perspective of fitness and mobility and and and, and, and awareness of where he needs to be and when. Just so, just on the fitness, you can see that we're not. He's not quite there yet. And there are periods against uh, United where he he just reminded me of the Tangay from last season where he may lose the ball and 
the recovery just isn't there. Someone's going to have to sort of help him out. He did. Yeah, like said, another another season, and he he may lose that ball, but he will get it back. Um, or he, he won't lose the ball. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, he lost. There was one where he shielded, didn't it? He, he, he was rolling back towards our goal and he was shielded it and just didn't pick it up and let someone else have it. But I, I think Serge won it back on that on that point. It's weird, Nick, because we're meant to be talking about the Maccabee game, but even though we, we scored seven goals and we, we battered them, it's, it doesn't feel that important anymore, you know? Well, it, it didn't feel as big as the United. Can we talk about United? Let's talk, let's talk about the United game. I mean... Crazy. Go on, actually. I can see you're like edging forward on your seat. You want to keep this one? I've four notes that I wrote yesterday. (laughs) Um, My first one is Did that that one mean more to you than the 3 2 where we beat Fergie away at Old Trafford with the Bale and the Tongan? That game? Um, I think that this one just like I've never watched us really ever play against Man United, especially away from home. And and just be that and create that many chances, <laughs> like look, you know, from just watching the highlights back, it's like we could have scored another three or four. We probably should have scored another three or four. That's how mad that is. And it's like you don't score six goals at Old Trafford. Like I know United are not the team they once were, but you just you don't do that. Like it's just it's a crazy crazy result. Um, clinical finishing though, and. I know there was a bit of chat on our WhatsApp group about the fact that I always dig Sun out for not being clinical enough. The reason being is this season he has been so clinical, and like you can you can just see how much more devastating it is. Like I don't know if he's been working on his finishing or something's just clicked, but all of a sudden now when he goes through on goal, you just assume it's going to be in the back of the net, and like he really seems to have taken that step up this season. Are you taking credit for this? This sounds like you're taking credit. <laughs> I, I think that midway through last season, Son would have listened to one of these podcasts, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. would have heard me saying, "If you, you know, if you get more clinical, you can be on Mane's level." He's and he's done. Do you know what? For me, Sonny is for me. It's a personal thing. For me, he's like the MVP. He has is he's just risen to the occasion now, and where Kane is obviously like. Kane's Kane. He's sort of he's up there. He's our talisman. Sonny is is now basically they've got there isn't a partnership in the Premier League. There hasn't been a partnership, a strike partnership for some time. There's always been a main man at a team. Mm. I don't think Aguero's ever had a partner in his whole time at City. But you look at look at Sonny, look at Kane, and they just on they're on that sort of York Cole. Sheringham Klinsman level where they just know what's going on they understand Berbatov Keen where it's just you know it, it literally is telepathy he's world class I and I mean that in the sense of there's no 11 in the world that he wouldn't improve but I think Kane it's, it's so he, I, I was talking about this with my dad because I think the best players in the Premier League De Bruyne although he hasn't been great recently but De Bruyne Trent Arnold, Trent Alexander-Arnold, but then Son and Kane. Everything Kane does, every basic is always perfect. Every pass, every touch, every way he uses his body, every shot, every penalty. There's nothing that he does that isn't perfect. The only thing that holds him back is his his injuries and his speed, but he he makes up for that in every other way. Um, It's the audacity to pass him. 
The audacity of some of his passing is We need just... two of them. We need one to play in the 10 and one to play as a 9. Because his passing is the best in the Premier League. Like, you know, when, when Fabregas was here, you, he would play passes which you, you, you couldn't even imagine. The one to Schürrle for the, that goal um, yeah. is the best pass that's ever been played in the Premier League. And But Kane's like that. I, it's just everything is perfect. Ev- everything. And I, I just wish we had more of them. Interesting... Interesting is, is, is points to Alistair Gold, who seems to be like camped out at Hotspur Way all of the time. Yeah. Um, is he's just going to spend the next two weeks at Hotspur Way getting to know Vinicius and Gareth Bale? Yeah, amazing. Quality. Quality. Those three are going to get to know each other, and that and that was his quote. The fact that we've got Bale to come into this attack as well is just. Like, it's, it's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's insane. Like, obviously, we no, don't know no. how good he's going to be. He needs to get fit. But if he's, if he's, you know, like even seventy percent of the player he's been at Madrid, what a signing! Like, how are teams going to be able to deal with that with that front three? Like, you're going to you're going to need ten defenders to be able to contain that. It's it, going to be disgusting. Because Bale isn't speed anymore. He's so much cleverer than that and he's a passer and he can shoot from anywhere and with Kane dropping deep and Son making runs I don't know how you defend I really don't know how you defend as a defender who are you going to mark do you know what I mean it's like you've got to pick out the three of them like I don't I genuinely don't know it's like when you play Liverpool like how do you deal with that front three like you can't like teams just can't figure out what to do against them so it's like it's you know, so... one, one thing that I feel that Bale can bring to the party that and it's almost like an instant. There's only, there's so many things. As ASD pointed out, he hasn't got the pace that he had before. We don't expect those afterburners just to kick in and then to just, just be skinning players. Yeah. But there's one thing that I know that he can bring instantly and that's shots from outside the box. Yeah. Because we don't do we don't do that. And I know he's got that. He's he's got that anyway. That's almost like a standard thing. Outside of the box shots. So yeah. Even if he's not, you know, he's sort of 70% of the, of the player, the outside of the box. You know, if, if Bale was playing against someone like Pickford, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's going to make Pickford yeah. shit himself because, <laughs> you know, he's not going to be able to handle the shots coming from him like at that angle. Do you know what I mean? So, if we're playing <sighs> the front three, right, we've got Kane, Son and Bale, which is probably going to be our first choice. But then into that rotates Lamella... Bergwijn, Mora, and Vinicius, or whatever we're going to say his name. That's four players. And don't forget about Delhi as well. Delhi in that front front three. It's like there's so much depth, and we've got so many options. It's 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 amazing. Like even you think now, like when Kane gets his injury this season, because he gets injured every year. Like I'm not as worried about that anymore, purely because of the depth that we've got there. Like imagine how we've lost Kane for two months, so we could just play Bale through the middle. And then bring Stevie Bergwijn in on the side. Like it's even that is still a devastating attack. But he might not get injured now because he doesn't have to play every game. That's been the problem is he's played every single game because we haven't had a striker. But suddenly Sun's improved anyway. Um, but we can rest him for a game because we can play Vinicius or whatever we're going to say his name. What do we know about our new centre forward? Because I can't say that I've I can't say I've heard of him. I have to do a Danny Rose and Google him. But yeah. anyone... I've, um, I've done a, I've done a bit of research on him, and it's, he's only really come to light in in Portugal. He he didn't play for any of the top teams in Brazil, although speaking to my best mate, whose wife's Brazilian, um, 
they do know of him. He's he's known of in Brazil, even though he hasn't played for the for the team. So he's been looked at for the national team. Like people have said he needs to be sort of getting involved. Um, one thing I do know is he can also play on the left as well. So um, he seems like he seems like we've got. He he seems a bit raw. I'm not going to say that he's the complete, even though he scored 25 goals. You know, um, Vincent, um, I can't even remember his name. He's Vincent. Yeah, Janssen, sorry. Vinny Janssen. He, he scored a lot of goals before he came. So, um, I just like the fact that we've got somebody that's, you know, he's in between a Troy Parra and, you know, and isn't the finished article. Someone that can, you know, can be a bit of a, a wild card in some cases. Um, so yeah, as you said, Bale, Bale can play through the middle, but yeah. Carlos last Vinicius year he, last year he was more than one every two games, one goal every two games, which is what what you want from a striker. I think it's, you got. It's not, it's not a terrible. It's not a terrible league. You know, it's no worse than France. I'd say Portugal. It's a low risk move for us because we've got him on loan, haven't we? And it's yeah, like we can get, if it works, we can get him on a permanent. If not. We can yeah. get rid of him and he can go and play yeah. football with Vincent Janssen somewhere. But, but he's got very good... Sorry. He's rapid. He's got very quick feet. He gets his shots away really quickly. He's got he's all big. the movement. He's a he's big, big lad, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think it's really exciting. And it, it just yeah. gives us a different the, the, option. The good thing about this, the bonus, obviously, is a try before you buy. But also, Gibson's got a mate. Gibson's got a mate now that he can just... You know, he's yeah. got someone to... He's been here, what, nearly, uh, nearly a whole year. So he's now got... He's got, like, a friend to hang out with. And obviously, Lucas can sort of blood him in as well. So it's uh, it's a win-win, really. For well, they've, got, they've, they've got their Portuguese papa. And Eric does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What Dyke can... Yeah, it can sort of roll with that gang. Too. There's a Portuguese contingent going on here. The rival Wolves, aren't we, sooner or later? Um, <laughs> so I wonder how much of an impact for Tongan had, because obviously he's come from Benfica, isn't he? And Jan's just mm. gone there. I wonder if there was any anything there where he'd sort of said to him, what do you think? I'm going Spurs on loan. I wonder how much of an impact he'd had on it. Yeah, I'm maybe. Sure he said nothing but good things. But look, it's, I don't know much about the guy, but we've got him in and it's, an, it's another body. Um, we haven't really spoken about the United game like properly yeah. yet. So, um, just just me about Benitez and Jan did you see the the official Spurs content of him talking about bruises and and cuts on his on his calves and and around his ankles? And he was just blaming Jan Vertonghen. Jan Vertonghen. Jan Vertonghen. It was just Great. brilliant. Yeah. It was just brilliant. And Jan's response was just superb. So anyway. there's. Um, I was Googling bullies, you know, people from my school who I was bullied by. Um, and a while ago, this is a long time ago, and I can't remember why I was doing it, but I found one of them. And some really bad stuff has happened to him. Uh, like quite horrendous stuff. And it sort of makes you feel happy and sort of makes you feel bad, more happy than bad. And that's what it's like going to Man United now. You, you've gone to people who used to bully you, like really embarrass you, just bigger, harder than you. And now they're holding a sign on the corner of the street. Nothing wrong if you do that, but they're not who they used to be. They're not yeah. cool. Um, and we, we embarrass them. And 
I, I want to talk about the, uh, the the Sky agenda and all the coverage agenda where it was all about Man United, Man United fall from grace, Man United this, Man United were bad, nothing about how we were. And I, there is an agenda where Man United are a massive club. I was actually thinking about this where, you know, I work in advertising. I used to work with one of the gambling companies and the way gambling ads work in football is you buy a package at the beginning of the season. Normally with TV ads, obviously, you just say, I want X amount of people to see it and then they go out and put it in whatever breaks. But they, the football company, the um, people who have the football coverage know that gambling ads uh, will be in every co- um, every game. So what you do is you, there's a Dutch auction at the beginning of the year. So you um, you go in. You stay, there's packages. So first half time break, second half time break. All of this first half time break is the most valuable one because people are watching the game, they're into it, and they want to make bets. So that's usually the one um, that goes first. And you say I'm going to bid X million pounds for every ad that's going to be in every game, um, and they're, they're, it's a silent auction. You you hear if you're in the top five bids, and then you can either increase your bid or keep it. And the person who wins at the end um, gets to choose which package they want, and it goes on like that. The reason I'm saying this is I I did the analysis over what games were watched by who, and you go well games between the bottom three only really the fans of those clubs watch those games, but the games that involve Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea and Liverpool are watched by proportionately way more than any other club, way more than club. So it makes sense for Sky and any other broadcast companies to push Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal and Chelsea because that's what more people are interested in. And you really saw that. It really irritates me how they have Liverpool, Man United and Arsenal pundits on Liverpool, Man United and Arsenal games. Like, it shouldn't be so one-sided. There should be two. There should at least be one of each. Really, there should be none of all. I want to hear Jamie Carragher talking about Man United Spurs, and I don't want to hear him talk about as a Chelsea fan this. I want him to be neutral and just give me his football opinion. And it, it was really unwatchable. It was it unwatchable. Was, it was so bad. And Evra quitting the day we made a Man United player quit his job because um, we battered them so badly was amazing. And it was, I think Carragher was really good actually with the Liverpool um, game, but. Neville and Evra. It was just disgraceful how how one-sided the coverage was. It was nothing about Spurs. It was all about how bad Man United were and how they used to play. Ferguson left, what, seven years ago? Like, they're not the same team anymore. They're not the same ethos. They, 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 they did it because they had the best manager in the world. Nothing, there's no mystical thing about Man United. It, it, was, it was Sir Alex Ferguson. It's the same with Chelsea. They've never been the same since um, Mourinho left. And they won't be the same after the money goes either. It, 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 it's an absolute disgrace how they think, how they, they, the arrogance that they deserve to win that game because they're Man United. And now it really is, lads, it's, it's Man United because they're just a normal club now who just happen to have loads of money, which is a remnant from them winning loads of titles 20 years ago. And I, they're going to continue to fall as more and more money is taken out of that club and they can't afford to pay the wages compared to City, compared to Chelsea and compared to Bayern and Real. And that, it, it's a disgrace. They need to sort out the coverage. Sorry, rant yeah, over. That, 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 was a, that was a nice one because what, 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 it, what, it, what you're basically, what you basically pointed to is, 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 a, is a club um, and an organisation that's rotten to the core in Man United. Um, and it starts with the Glazers, who are dreadful. For the yeah, who are taking money out of that club, millions yeah. out of they, that they club. They don't have the club 
club's interest at heart. They have their own shareholding it as, as yeah. that's all they're interested in maintaining. Um, so they've hired Woodward, who's terrible. Um, whatever scout network they've got, whatever their recruit, whoever's involved in player recruitment is terrible. And Ollie is terrible. Mm. And, and, and I, and I, I, I formed, the, the more I thought about this hypothesis, the more I think it's, it's true. I think if you've got a bunch of players who have once played under one of the best managers in the world, the, one of the best managers the world has ever known, and you now see him in the opposition dugout, that manager, and you're now staring at Ollie, I think you've lost already. I think they, I think, I think United's 11 lost before a ball was kicked. I think so. You could see all the players talked about. Hoiberg came out on Twitter and said about how it wasn't just the 90 minutes. It was all the work they did beforehand. Kane said it was about what they were saying beforehand and the feeling in the, in the camp. This is the fourth game in eight days where we've gone away to Man United after playing Chelsea, London, a big London derby in a cup that went to penalties. We played a tricky Europa League, but, but battered them. And after a fairly disappointing game the weekend before, we've gone away to Old Trafford and we everything we did is what Man United expect of them, like the character, the fight, like and it's it's that attack, attack, attack. We we killed them, and Man United hate seeing Tottenham come to their place and just do what they do. It it, it but it annoyed me that they just expect that to happen because of the players they've got. I didn't get their midfield. Pogba and Matic. I thought Matic was meant to be more defensive, but they did nothing. And Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw had the worst positioning of any player I've ever seen play football. It was like he was distancing <laughs> from every other player on the pitch. And Maguire, Maguire was £70 million. £70 million. Like, I know people are comparing him to Dyer, but Dyer was a punt, right? Dyer was just £5 million, whatever, we'll get him in. If he's great, we could, great. If he's not, we'll move him on. But Maguire, for £70 million, is just ruining football. And someone at Leicester needs to be held for fraud for getting that much money from Man United for that player because he is dreadful. I don't care if he'll punch me like he punches policemen in Spain. I, 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 you know, I, look, I look at how how they how they spend money and in previous seasons, you know, under Ferguson, they buy obviously great players. They buy players that were just not on anyone's radar. You know, your Jensen Parks, um, you know, players that you just no one would think about buying. And then they would go out every now and then. And they would just nick a player off another team, like so. You know, they'd take Rio from Leeds. They'd take like almost like a spend a lot of money on that player, but they're taking something away from someone. Rooney. And the last million. time they did that, the last time they did that was Alexi Sanchez, which didn't work out, obviously. Um, and I think that since then, well, not even since then, but you've seen them just hemorrhage money it's like you know Pogba is never going to get better because mm-hmm. it's just well it's not it hasn't worked out he's it's too big a club for him he can't take the criticism um I don't think it's too late for a manager to now come in and put their arm over the shoulder and go it's, it's going to be all right because the fans are still going to be on his case so there's a lot I worry for them. I'm not worried in that sense that I, I don't care, but I worry what's going to happen. Like, literally, it's it looks like it's going to fall apart. Well, 
I grew up in Cardiff, right? Cardiff City were in the third division when I was a young man, a, a boy growing up. All my friends were United fans. All of them. You went into JJB or JJB as it was in the day. It was United shirts that you saw first. United were, I mean, it was helpful that Giggs was playing for them, but it, it, that didn't make a difference. They won everything. It was, you know, 1999, I was 12. Like that treble, mm. everyone supported Man United. And so it's a big part of my childhood. Like I reckon I could name Man United's 11 at that time far easier than I could name Spurs just because that's what everyone talked about. But that has gone now. I think Pogba, Pogba's such an interesting one. I think what we're seeing in football now is we're seeing like player culture rather than club culture. Players are bigger than clubs, right? Because of social media. You have a look at Ozil. Ozil's making more money from playing Fortnite or whichever game he's playing because he sells one game sessions for five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand a time to rich foreigners. He's making more money than that than he does from football. And because, and so it's, it, it, that's why he doesn't have to play because he's making so much money. It's all about his PR, his image. It's, it's not, it's not about the club anymore. And Pogba will always have highlight reels on YouTube. He'll always look good to the kids. They'll always have the names on the shirts. But I don't think he'll be the engine of a winning side. I, I think his next move would be somewhere like PSG, where the want is there to win. But I don't think the re- there's a deep expectation that they are going to be as dominant as a Bayern or a Real Madrid. And I think that's that's the place he needs to go. PSG, where he can just get loads of money, but doesn't, and he can just boss a, a terrible league like Neymar. Ne- Neymar should have gone back to Barca a long time ago and just dropped his wages. But he, he, he's just finding it too easy to live in Paris, be a party boy, and be an underperformer. And I think it's sad because he is an incredibly talented boy. I'd just like to go back to what Don was saying a minute ago about the recruitment at United under Ferguson. And it was like, you were so right, Don, what you were saying there, where every year they'd go out and they'd buy an established Premier League player. And it's like, I was just racking my brains as as you'd said that earlier. And it's like, Van der Sar, Ferdinand, Carrick, Rooney, Tevez, Andy Cole, Van Persie. And that's just like off the top of your head. And like, these players would just all go in and bang, it was an instant impact. And then alongside that, he'd go and buy two or three young up-and-coming players, knowing that in two years' time, they will be ready to go into the first team. And yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody talked about transition of teams and all of that, and you have to refresh. No one talked about that ten years ago, because Ferguson just did it without anybody realising. Like, that was how brilliant the man was. Like, he, he noticed these things, and he understood this decades ago. Like, this was the genius of Ferguson, and it's like... As a, if you're a United fan now, it just must be so weird watching it because they are so far from being back to that level. Like, so far from it. And, you know, like last year, they did well last year. They finished third, which realistically, if you're not Liverpool City, third's probably the best you can get at the minute. They did well to get there. But, like, it, it amazed me seeing United fans, like, celebrating that. Like, mm. they were starting to have come third and it's like... We talk about Arsenal, don't we, all the time, and about our standards have dropped now, the mighty have fallen, but it's United as well now. It's just, it's yeah. really, really strange seeing them where they are. And for us to have gone there and scored six goals, like, one of my best memories of Spurs Man United was we went up there for a league game, I think it was a league game, when we had Harry. And um, this was when, like, we started getting good, and we had Bale, Van der Vaart, Modric. It was Ledley at the back, like, it was a great side. And I remember seeing the United team, and their midfield was like, Cleverly, Anderson and Giggs and it was like O'Shea and Brown at centre half and you're thinking we've got a chance here like this is a shocking you know, they beat us 3-0 we didn't get a kick 
Like, and it was, <laughs> it was like that was that was the power of Ferguson United. They weren't even really very good, but they would just they would beat you comfortably. And now you'd think, you know, I think he's got a good group of players there, Solskjaer, and I think that you, if I was a United fan, I'd be thinking, is the manager an issue? Because I genuinely think if you put Pochettino in, in at United with those group of players, he would be doing a much, much better job than what Solskjaer. I agree. Oh, the, I, the, the, I just wanted to say one thing on the transfers as well, that we have to applaud our chairman because we yeah. were one of those clubs that they would take players from. Yeah. You know, and that all that that all stops, you know. I think I don't know if Berbatov was the last one. Whoever was the last player that they, they took off us, you know. They, they were always coming at a premium, the price was always getting higher, and then all of a sudden we were like, Well no, you're not getting it. You're not having you're not having Eric Dyer. So yeah. we have to we have kudos to, to Levy for kind of stopping that that well that well ran dry for United. Do you, yeah. do you think yeah, the best transfer window we've had? Yeah, by a long like, way. I genuinely, I was racking my brains earlier thinking, when have we had a window where we've gone out and we've clearly identified all the problem areas, we've improved, and then we've bought on top of that? I think it's the best window the club's ever had. I think uh, We've improved in one, two, three, three first-team positions, right-back, left-back, defensive midfielder, which we were all saying at the end of last season. We brought in a striker and Gareth Bale, so that's the other thing we were talking about. And yes. Joe Hart. Like I, it, it cannot be better than this. What it, are the, the money now, though? Like, with those players we've brought Treble. in, because at, st- <laughs> at the start of the season we were saying, you know, fourth. Like, that's realistic. What what do we think now? Are we now up in it? Do we think that we need to be doing more than that? Like, what are people's thoughts? Because I now personally think... This week gone by in the transfer window and looking at the side we've got, I'm thinking we should be challenging for, a, we should be well in the mix for a Champions League spot. And given that we're already deep in the League Cup, you know, I, I fancy this in the Europa League, like, we've got an opportunity of being able to do both. And I know normally at the start of the season it's always a case of do you want fourth or do you want to run in the Cup? I genuinely think we can do both with the squad that we've got and the way the squad's been rotated so far. Mate, I want I'm, the League Cup. I want, I want the, league the League Cup. I mean, <laughs> Liverpool can be got that. City have got 13 fit players. Chelsea can't defend. United aren't going to be anywhere. Arsenal, Arsenal are pretty good, and they got a good manager and they got a good bunch of players. Arsenal this year, yeah, I, I, I think we, we should be. The, the one, the, the one unknown is is Arsenal, um, and Everton. They played two guff teams and they played us on a really bad day. And, but, 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 but the other, and the other one is, of course, Liverpool, but, but who, who will bounce back and who will understand what they did wrong because they, they did one thing repetitively wrong yesterday. Did you watch the game? The Liverpool Amazing, game? wasn't it? It was just it was common. Amazing. They didn't spot it. There was, no, there was literally no one there going, just drop deeper. You just I, need to drop deeper. I don't get it. Was it. catching the line out every time. I don't get it. Where is the captain in that situation? I mean, he was on the bench, wasn't he? But it's the same against Southampton. Why don't you just take two steps back? We've been done by the, in the Southampton game. We've been done on the same goal four times. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? But yeah, they were. Yeah, the Ross Barkley Grealish connection is going to be so, is going to be so exciting to watch. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, the class really huge. It's going to be enormous. 
from a Liverpool point of view, that game as well yesterday, not that I saw all of it, was just um, an example of what an important player Jordan Henderson is. Mm. Like, he takes him out of that team. And again, he's another one. He's not a sexy footballer. But all of a sudden, when that player's not there, you really do see the difference. I, mean, um, I think Mane and Alisson as well were big losses as well. Gomez as well. What, he he may never play football again. He he here's a here's the. Can we talk about the the goals yesterday? Can we just talk about them? Because um, what was your favourite one? What was your favourite one out of the six? Just the six. Uh, Kane free kick pass to Son because he yeah, yeah. tore up Shaw, who is fat but he is fast, and um, it was chasing him. Was the other one that very quick? Anyway, tore him up, and what a finish! Like left foot dink on full like, but the the double nutmeg was great for Son's second goal. Um, and Don Belly just smashing it. I, I loved them all. Mm. I loved them all. I like, I like the, the quick free kick goal because it's like, for me, there was only one player on the pitch in both teams that could create that goal, and that's Kane. And it mm. was just like, when people say about, oh, Kane, he, all, he does, all he does is put the ball in the back of the net. It's like, if you just watch the guy, he's such a great footballer. And like to be to even be thinking that, and I know there was a lot of criticism from the pundits after the game about, oh, you know, you you kick the ball away, you have a man over it. It was just instinctive. Like you can't coach stuff like that. That's just something that a player's got. And Kane is one of those guys that is he's just such a natural footballer. And it wasn't an easy pass either. It wasn't just the fact that he identified it. It's like he had to whip it round Maguire. To allow Sun to to get the angle, it was just a brilliant bit of play, absolutely brilliant. He's got a brain in each boot, that boy. Um, I should sure have been sent off for that tackle. I think it was a red all day long. It's an orange for me. It's, oh, it's yeah, one it's of orange. It's, like, it's one of them. It's like they introduced those. He's got. <laughs> he's, uh, it goes to VAR, Jay, and then if if they're not happy, they chuck an orange on the pitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's one of them for me where it's like it's a cynical, it's a cynical foul. There's right. no attempt to play the ball whatsoever, but it's like he's got to do it really. Like, but he can injure a player quite badly. Like you look how Son or Oria barely touched Gomez and his leg fell off. Yeah. That could have happened if his studs got caught. It easily happened. Yeah, it's one of them. I just if you start giving red cards for those tackles. Where, like, it, it, that's a, it's, it becomes so subjective then. But they're rare, sense. though. So that was a hack, right? And yeah. I guess the context of the previous red didn't help because both of them should have gone. I think we we were battering them before and we would have continued to batter them Obviously. anyway. So. But, but that, red, that red card, I mean, Lamella's just done him, basically, hasn't he? Like, that's, it's not a red card. Like it, really, it's a yellow for both of them, and it's like right, calm yourselves down. But Lamella has completely done him. Like it's, it's I, I would love seeing it. Absolutely love seeing. It. If I'm a United fan, I'm literally going crazy and I'm throwing darts at a picture of Eric Lamella for the next week because it's it'd be infuriating. Yeah, but he's completely done him. Like how can you fall into that trap? Like you know he's trying yeah. to wind up to get you sent off. Yeah. It's it, I don't mind. It, it's it's unfortunate that it's part of the game. But at least we're sort of embracing, and again, this is Jose, at least we're embracing that part of it now. And yeah, we're, benefiting. we're benefiting from that, like, whereas we wouldn't have done that before. Yeah. I've got it's, no it's, problem. We were, we, were, we were on top before before then. And um, yeah, it just added, it was just the icing on the cake, really. Yeah, people, that's why there's rules there. Like the, Remember the Suarez handball against Ghana, right? He got sent off, but they saved the penalty in um, Uruguay ends up going through like 
for me, that is totally fine because that he did that within the rules. He knows that he's going to get sent off, but he saved that goal from going in. Totally fine. I would do it. I don't think it's cheating. But what I don't think is acceptable is the xenophobia from Graham Souness. Uh, no, at halftime, going on about Latins. Sky know it because they put the video up and then deleted it really quickly on Twitter. I, I'm not saying he should lose his job because I'm really not part of that cancel culture. But something needs to be, he needs to apologise for that. You can't come out and say that the English don't play like that and that it's Latins. This is the way Latins play football. And I don't care if he's played there before and he's managed there and he's worked out there. You can't say that. You can't say that that's the way Latins play and that all Latins do that. I'm sure I've made jokes about it. Like Argentinians, I've definitely made jokes about it, but he was saying it in all seriousness. You can't say that as a pundit. I thought it was a, a, a disgrace, frankly. Did you see, did you see that are not okay? Like it's just not okay to make that generalisation, and it's like he does need to apologise. And it's like I, 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 I'm, I agree with you, Ace in terms of with a comment like that. I don't think that it's something that's said out of real like hatred and nastiness. It's just an uneducated comment. That, that's yeah. ultimately what it is and it's like a guy needs to do the due diligence can't even say it and um, and come out and say we understand that this is not an appropriate comment this is what we're doing about it and then and then that and then we're moving forward yeah but 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 they they think they've done that and they've hidden Sunes in the background mm-hmm. Sunes oh. needed to make that apology and he didn't yeah, yeah the presenter made that apology and Ozzy Ardiles has come out and tweeted three times about it yeah. Most latterly, if you look at Oz, Ozzy, Osvaldo Oz, Ardiles, because he's, he's, he's in as his, as, as his full name, he's, a, he's, actually, he's actually attached some YouTube links of some famous Sunes tackles. And, and one, of, one, one of which is, is, a, is a bit of really famous Sunes play acting. Horrible tackle, and then he play acts to get out of it. Well, then, how many English players have been booked for diving? You can name five very yeah. easily. Kane and Delhi have been booked for it. Um, really, really back, 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 back to the actual antics. You know, we, we all know what, what, what is now going to become an immortal line that wasn't actually in All or Nothing because it was bleeped out, but was certainly in some leaked yeah. bloopers, yeah. Uh, some leaked content. Um, do you really think we're going to see more of that? Because we, I thought we were going to see more of it a few years ago under Pot, and it sort of went away. What I don't think it will be is is the the battle of the bridge. I don't think we'll see dirty tackles. I think we'll just have a more killer, ruthless mentality, a la Man United under Ferguson. You know, where we just we are just we play the game. We are hyper aggressive, default aggressive, and we just go for it. You know, and that's what I think we'll see, and that's what I think Josie expects, which is why we're not seeing Delhi. Delhi is aggressive, but it's a very selfish aggression. It's not a team-focused aggression. Was Hoiberg is team aggression, and that he'll he'll be a starter. I think think we might see some interesting fun and games against West Ham. I mean, the the the, the most example last season under Jose was the way we all, all in the second half against Wolves. Like literally, our entire midfield and defence took it in turns to take out Traore. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and get, like, literally, like, like, like he, 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 we literally got five yellows. It was brilliant, wasn't it? They were on a, they were almost on a today, weren't they? It was like, oh, yeah. 50 minutes, Kane's your turn. 55, Dyer, yeah. oh, go. Kick it in the tip. Yeah, yeah. Toby, Jan. They, they, yeah, they, they all, all, all took a yellow for, 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 for knocking out Traore. And I think. I, I like. I like to think we'll see more intelligent cynicism, if you like. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, not yeah. not Battle of the Bridge. I mean, the Battle of the Bridge was just amazing, but 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 we love embarrassing man. Um, yeah. Have you heard the rumor yeah. about why Fernandez got pulled at half time? Because he, he had a massive go at yeah. Maguire, saying Maguire's not fit to wear the shirt, shouldn't be captain, and they had a real fight at half time. It was so bad that they just they said, right, you have to stay here, Martial. You can't go back out. That's amazing because he's their best player. And that's mad. Like that's what you want, surely. Like yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's like you don't take off the guy that's got the aggression. You pump up even more and say, right, get back out on the pitch and yeah. take it out on the Spurs team. Like I think that that's mad that they would they would have taken him off for that. I can't. I, yeah. I, can't, I don't believe it just for that reason. You, you, you imagine the humiliation. You're Bruno Fernandes. You've turned down who is literally the boss of Portuguese football to go to Man United for a payday, and he's out there humiliating you. Mm. He turned down Jose. Can I talk? There were three moments in the United match. Um, one where for the Sun nutmeg goal, the amount of space that Aurea had on the right hand side was yeah. a disgrace. Like it was a full quarter of a pitch. Um, that was amazing. You'd never see that against Man United any other time. And Shaw was in the box for no reason. Shaw the other was one was Shaw was yeah. in the yeah, because he and he's just nowhere to be seen. There was a point where the ball ran free from Ndombele and Kane. Right at their, their right back, our right and the left, and no one went for it. And then Dombele saw it and just went and got it. You'd never see that against Man United. But the moment for me was that pass from Hoiberg to set up Aurea for his goal. What a pass that was. Because we didn't know he could do that. I know Jane has said that, and I, I don't want to copy JJ all the time. You know, my favourite JJ story, I've told it here often, is um, he did an interview. Because it wasn't he on Celebrity Big Brother or something, and he met a girl on there, and they were together, and they was being interviewed for this for a glossy magazine. And they said, well, what attracted you to each other? And JJ said, um, well, we've got a lot of similar interests. Like, she don't like reading, and I don't like reading. <laughs> and that was my <laughs> So I don't want to sound like him too much. But... The um the what a pass we've got a passer and, it was a um, fantastic just we um, did it without Lacelso as well wasn't even on the in the squad was he and no, he's, no. he's our driving force yeah. he's a brilliant we suddenly got brilliant players all over the park and no gaps yeah. <sighs> West Ham anyway. exciting time West Ham is, is, is it West Ham next yeah, yeah it's great so there's no there's England no Wales no game this week and then after the international break we'll have Hopefully, a bail at least available to be in a match day squad, which will be massive. Um, and then all the other players that have obviously, like Suns, played a lot of min- A lot of the guys have played a lot of minutes. Those that aren't involved internationally will have a bit of a break and then will be rejuvenated again. It's a bit of a shame the breaks come now after the week that we've yeah. had. But I'm, I'm not sure, sure this, good, um, I'm not sure this break come at a good time. No, but I'm sure there's a few of them that are almost running on empty just because we've had so many games. So it might not be a bad thing. Yeah, that would be Yeah. So I think the break's not at a bad time. Look, it's exciting. We've had a brilliant week. West Ham next. You know, we get another big win there. Who knows what's possible? Have you got a Spurs quiz? I've got a... I've sort of got one. I've got a a half-assed one. one. Yeah, if you've got one which will probably be better, go for it. Well, uh, I'm just going to do it on the flight. You know my... You know the the my birthday game, twenty fifth of February, twenty thirteen. Gareth Bale's goal. Yeah. Again, the ninetieth minute against West Ham. Uh, I want you to give me the team. So uh, I'll give you. Um, in goal we had Larice. At yeah. right back we had Walker. 
centre-back, we had Dawson. Yeah. But then I want the other centre-back and left-back. Yeah. In midfield, we had Dembele. Yeah. And Scott Parker as the two. And then in the three, we had Bale and Lennon, either side of who, and then who was up front. Probably, yeah. Um, So centre-back, left-back, ten, striker. So, I mean, Gambertolin? No. He wasn't the centre back. The left back. Ah, uh, you know what? The, this was AVB when he would shift for Tongan to left back and he'd play Corker. Yeah. <laughs> whenever the opposition had a big centre forward, Corker would come in and Vertonghen would go left back. That's exactly right. Number 33, Stephen Corker. He, was, he looked all right, but we got a lot of money for him, didn't we, at the time? Yeah. So it was, Mate, he, he, he had a good season. He, he was yeah. decent. He was good. I liked him. I thought we got rid of him to, what was it, Cardiff or Swansea? Too quickly. Cardiff, I think. And when he played, oh, yeah, played the last time, I, last time I saw his name pop up, his career's gone nowhere. Um, what other yeah. positions did we need to ASD? Centre forward and... Centre forward and number 10. I think the centre forward was added by you, wasn't it? It was indeed. Indeed. And then the number 10. So you, who have you given us? You've obviously given us Bale. Bale and Lennon, left and right. Lennon. Or right and left. Oh, um, Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson scored, didn't he? He did, but he came on for this player and then scored. Uh, it wouldn't have been Paulinho. That was a bit... It was before. No. And he wouldn't yeah. have played number 10. No. not play anywhere, that guy. Didn't um, Carroll play in that game? He did, but he came on for Dembele. Liverpool came on for Parker. This is going to be uh, one of those weird guys that for some... Lewis Holtby. God. amazes me that football fans love a guy that can't kick a ball, but he just runs around furiously. It's like, I mean, just Last stat for me. This is late. We've scored as many Premier League away goals as we did in the entire 2004-05 season. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's, a, that's the best stat we've had, to be fair. That is so depressing. Let me, yeah, let me, um, let me have a look at the squad for that that's season. Cause I, bet that's a... I bet we finished like 14th or something like that that year, didn't we? Was Nine. that Sergio Under Santini. Ninth, so Robinson, Nabet, Davis, Bungie, so Sean Davis, Simon Davis, Mendes, Canute, Keane, Brown, El Mohamedi, Mooney El Mohamedi, Eric Edmund, Mido, Ziegler, Pamaro, Defoe, Reed, Dawson, Carrick, Atumba, King, Gardner. <coughs> We've improved yeah. slightly since then. Absolutely outstanding. Just finally. You've gone. Unbelievable. Well, look, chaps, it's been quality reviewing the last week, which has just been absolutely fantastic. Um, International break now, but then buzzing to come back and have that derby against West Ham. So um, long may this great run of scoring goals and playing so well continue. But to uh, Mourinho, because he's he's done this, I think. All all Jose, and it's like, let's just see if it continues. I hope it does, because it's very exciting to watch at the minute. Um, but look, ASD, Don, Jay, quality as ever, talking to you. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always-
thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.